Blog Talk Radio. Slow down, touch your life. Don't you know there's friends to be found? Lift your eyes and see the world. Welcome to the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. I'm your host, Lawrence Knorr, the founder and CEO of Sunbury Press. Sunbury Press publishes print, audio, and electronic books under 20 different imprints in a variety of categories sold worldwide wherever books are sold. This episode is about entrepreneurship, and our guest is Chris Fenwick, Sunbury Press author, editor, entrepreneur, and visionary who has been involved with numerous startup businesses in her career. Welcome, Chris. Hi, thanks for having me. So, got a bunch of questions for you about entrepreneurship. The first one is, when did you realize, when did you first realize you had not natural entrepreneurship ability? Um, when I was 18, I was living in Japan, and I was working at a fast food restaurant. And all of the Japanese youth that worked there were constantly bugging me to teach them English. So I decided to start a school to teach English. Um, as a foreigner, I couldn't own a business in Japan, so I tried to create a partnership with a Japanese businessman. It turned out he was more interested in me personally, and that was the end of that. But that was my first business idea. How many students did you end up training? I didn't train any. We didn't get that far because, <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, okay. the, the uh, businessman was – yeah, that, that didn't work out. But that's when I realized that I was, uh, I, loved, I loved businesses and, and starting. I just had ideas. I just had a lot of ideas. Yeah, so you've been described as a visionary. And how does that play into entrepreneurship? Um, well, to me, being a visionary isn't always a good thing. And to me, it means you can see the future or maybe the probable futures a little more clearly than others. But timing is important, and timing is a fickle friend, uh, and more often than not, leaves you hanging. So um, I guess it's good to see things happening uh, or seeing the trends, but timing is always really important in business, and so uh, and that is never really clear. Yeah, so I remember us talking about some things over the years, and, and you seem to be – uh, somewhat accurate about what was going to happen. Uh, as a visionary, do you recall some things that you accurately predicted prior to them scaling up to success? Um, sure. For one, I, I wasn't the only one, but I did see when online sales started becoming huge, I could see that we needed more and better shipping methods. Uh, so definitely that was uh, – something I could see in advance. I knew if, if I'd had a lot of money, I'd have invested in uh, FedEx and UPS and maybe even my own shipping company. Um, but that was definitely something I saw way ahead of time when businesses started going online. Um, I think uh, there are other things like online communication. I definitely saw the need for uh, more collaboration and online communication, more tools for that in advance. I'm thinking, too, uh, 
let's go back a few years around the time Amazon was fairly new. And, and I remember you making some bold predictions about books. I don't know if you recall at the time what, what you were predicting. But. Um, well, I, I predicted – I did not think – and that's one of the things I think I've been wrong about. I did not think e-books would be as, as they have become. I, uh, because I am such a lover of physical books, I, I figured it would have its niche in some, some genres, but I did not see it being as widespread as, as they have become. Um, so in that, uh, I did see eBooks were going to be a thing, but I didn't think they'd be as big as they are. Yeah. Yeah. I recall us talking about how brick and mortar bookstores would be completely gone by now. And, uh, you know, I think it's it's some people hanging on to that need for a physical experience, you know, wanting to go in a real store, wanting to pick up a real book instead of, you know, buying that e-book, that electronic book, or purchasing it online. Normally, I guess purchasing online is like a convenience thing rather than the, the retail experience is different. Retail experiences actually evolved a lot over over the last uh, ten years. I would say it used to be you went to the store because you needed something. Um, if you need something now, you order it online. If you want the, an experience to interact with the product and or the company or the brand, that's when you go to the store. And so a lot of big retailers are trying to rethink their in-store experience for the customer because the the what the customer wants has changed when they walk in the door. Yeah. Is there a retailer that you really like, you know, for that reason that you can think of? Apple. They have it down cold. You go in and the, it's about, you, you You can order the products, but most likely you'll order it uh, online. But if you want to go try it out, uh, their stores are experiential. Uh, I think Legos is a to- toy company. They do the same thing. Uh, yeah. You can buy them on there, but mostly you want to go in and, and, and experience what they look like and the people that go there. Now, thinking Ikea about the last, the same thing. Yeah. Thinking about the last, say, 20, 30 years, uh, the economic environment has changed quite a bit. Can you think of some ways that changes in the economy have affected the way you've thought as an entrepreneur? Maybe some of the ideas that you uh, you came up with. Um, I don't know. So the economic climate is interesting. I always feel like the economic climate is like the surface of the ocean, which is the most volatile, is the waves, and it sometimes can be dangerous. But the most most of what you do in business is underneath the surface. It's the everyday workings, and a lot of that is can be affected by the surface and what's happening in economic climate. But most of the things go getting the work done on a day by day basis is is not affected by the big trends um, unless they're so huge that, you know, you're obsolete, your business is obsolete. Um, I think the bigger thing is sometimes if, if you're in a business and you're considering big risk, then if the climate is, is uh, dicey, don't, don't take that risk. Or it might be a bad time to start that business uh, that you wanted to start in the first place. But um, other than that, I think, Economics is, um, I mean, obviously, if you want to be, inve- if you want investors or if you want to 
uh, double down on on your business idea if uh, interest rates are low or if people are investing and if everything's going smoothly it's easier but I think still think you can start a business at any time and and do what you need to do yeah I've always thought that nearly it, it seems at least from my perspective that technological change had more to do with uh, entrepreneurship than the business cycle and often thought that starting businesses during bad times is actually not a bad idea for some of the reasons you just mentioned. I don't know if you agree with That's that. That's happened a lot. I do agree with that. And I did mention that in that, in my chapter on after the pandemic and uh, yeah, it happens a lot actually because there's more problems to solve. And so an innovative thinker can, can find ways. Yeah. Why don't you talk about that? I know the chapter in the book was about innovation. Yeah, well, I think in that chapter I talked about big and small innovations. To me, uh, innovate, innovation just means finding a new way to solve a problem. And so um, that's what an entrepreneur does. Uh, so innovation is just how you go about solving big and small problems. So I, I think in that chapter I was just encouraging people, even though, you know, last year, 2020, was really difficult year, business and uh, personal and in so many ways because of the pandemic, we still had opportunities. And if you have opportunities in a pandemic, uh, then you pretty much have them at any time. Yeah, I know at Sunbury Press, we upgraded our website during COVID and we started audiobooks during COVID. Can you think of like out in the marketplace, uh, somebody else who did something remar- maybe more remarkable that was an innovation during COVID? Um, was an innovation during COVID. Well, <laughs> mask makers have, uh, made, they, they became <laughs> very, sure. uh, they could reflect your personality in, in, in the mask that you were wearing, which, you know, now they're all, you know, lining the shelves and they're trying to sell those things off. But, um, you know, that was an innovation. I think um, tools that we had already blew up like zoom for instance uh that zoom is become everybody knows what zoom is in the united states almost i would say yeah uh, it has zoomed at least i mean we've zoomed for hap, uh virtual happy hours we've zoomed for business meetings we've zoomed for pretty much everything you can you know your 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 doctor's appointment everything has been either zoom or some other virtual platform yeah, I think too about you know something I experienced a lot beyond what you mentioned. Also, is uh, how restaurants switched to takeout. Uh, but the right. yeah, I think the collaboration tools definitely really ramped up. And I wonder sure. how much of this will how much of this will stay permanent. I mean, have we have we been doing this long enough now that we could kind of burned it in that we're going to order food out and we're going to communicate online and not see each other? <laughs> I wonder. Um, I don't think we'll not, I think we crave as, as social beings, the interaction, personal interactions. I think we crave personal touch and we were missing that a lot during the 2020, uh, the worst of the pandemic. Um, if you weren't in a pot, a lot of people in cities were in all by themselves. Um, I was fortunate to be in a small pod of people that we're, we could interact with, but um, that were safe. But uh, I think we're going to continue to use these tools in times when I think we cha- turned a corner in what we need to get together for. It's kind of like what we purchase, how we purchase. We 
we need it, we buy it online. And if we want to experience it, it's the same thing with uh, we might need to have a conversation, but we can just do that online. But if we want to get together and, you know, have a happy hour then or some other social uh, get-together, then we can. And I think we just have more options that we didn't have before. Yeah. So a couple more questions for you about entrepreneurship and being an entrepreneur. You know, you look at your many opportunities as an entrepreneur, helping others uh, start their businesses, grow their businesses, even thinking about ideas for yourself. What do you think are some of the positive impacts you've had as an entrepreneur? Impact in pretty much everything we do. Um, I try to have positive impacts with everyone I deal with. Of course, I'm not always successful. Um, I guess if we go on the amount and quality of feedback I received on any of my ideas, probably the most positive was when I wrote the novel The Hundredth Human. I, I got a lot of really uh, heartfelt and positive feedback from that uh, from that book and the ideas in that book. Yeah, yeah. We ought to talk about that because that was a real entrepreneurial moment for the both of us because it was the first fiction book for Sunbury Press. I was skeptical about taking it on and uh, you took it to number one in visionary fiction on Amazon. So maybe just a, a little bit about how that happened because that was, that was pretty interesting. Well, I think, um, of course, I wrote it, so I believed in it, and I, I wanted – and I was getting, like I said, I was getting a lot of positive feedback from readers, and uh, the more I got it out there, the more I got back. So I believed in the messages in that book. It was a fiction novel, but it had a lot of, like, lessons lessons for life kind of ideas in it, and that's what I was getting positive feedback on. So. We did a campaign uh, on, with Amazon, and uh, it did really well. So we were able to get at the top of that uh, visionary fiction list. And, um, you know, we're pretty proud of that. Sunbury was one, you know, that worked well for Sunbury, and I think it's still a, a mark in the sand that we can uh, kind of rise for other books that we do. Yeah, that was 2006, and so much has changed since then, publishing market and and in the world. But uh, yeah, that was amazing when it happened. So what would you say some of the greatest challenges an entrepreneur faces are? I think timing is, for me, I think it has been a big big challenge. I sometimes am way too ahead of the market on the ideas I have. Um, so I feel like timing is a big deal. For somebody who has continually has a lot of ideas about sees a problem, so we, we ought to make, somebody ought to make that, somebody ought to make that. We should do that. Um, I think timing is important. Um, I once had an idea to create a virtual reality world for more business-like interactions for remote workers, conferences and brainstorming, like uh, that kind of thing. It was a virtual reality, though, so I think it was a good idea. The platform Second Life, which is a virtual reality uh, platform, was created sometime after I had the idea and um, was what kind of looked like what I had imagined only I would enter. I, my idea was to create it for business, um, but I was way too early in the market and uh, we didn't have the bandwidth at that time to pull anything like that off. Then later, you know, as we know, what happened was that um, when high speed internet happened, platforms like Zoom and other uh, online conferencing 
uh, took over the space. So um, I think timing is really important. Um, Other challenges are actually timing is really important, but another big challenge is for entrepreneurs is failure and getting up back up after you fail. Um, That's to me, an epic fail when you lose something valuable or something close to your heart, it hurts. It hurts a lot. Getting back up and trying again is a huge challenge and a lot of entrepreneurs don't do it. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, you remember that you uh, remembered that VR opportunity. I remember talking about that with you as a while back and I think that's why we call you a visionary because you were ahead of your time and your thinking. <laughs> and uh, yeah. maybe if, maybe if we had the tools then to, uh, to do it, but, but then we would have needed the sort of the scaled up popular environment to, to create it within so that others could easily, uh, you know, get involved. And I, I think that goes back to your timing comment, which, right. which I, you know, I wanted to, uh, you know, so timing, when we're talking about timing, are we talking about personal readiness? Are we talking about the cycles of the economy? Are we talking about maybe maturity of technology? Or is it kind of like a, maybe it's a, a blend of all of them? I think it's a blend of all of them. Often it's technology. I've been in technology for so many years that I think of ideas in the tech space. So, um, but, you know, that. There's other. I have other ideas. I have ones in the back of my mind. I worked on it and put together the plan for it two years ago, and I haven't done it yet because it's just not quite the time. And maybe it's not the time for me. But I'm maybe I'm learning in my in my as I age wisdom in holding <laughs> things off until it's the right time. Yeah, yeah. If we could only time things perfectly, we'd all be incredibly wealthy. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Exactly. So what do you think are the most important characteristics of an entrepreneur? Um, I think uh, entrepreneurs come in many different sizes and shapes, and you can't just say that there's one most important thing for all. I think you have to play to your strengths, you know, what, and know your weaknesses, and you have to partner with the right people. So if, you know, you don't have, you're not strong in one area, partner with somebody who is um, also partnering with somebody who's at the same level of authenticity as you is really important. Um, It is important to me. Um, You have to have good timing. We we talked about it, that, whatever that is. Um, And then you, like we talked about with failing, you have to have the fortitude to try again when you fail because everyone's going to fail at some point. Is there somebody out there among the successful entrepreneurs of the world that you really admire? Hmm. You know, there's a lot of entrepreneurs that I admire and then don't like at the same time. I think Bezos, um, his timing was impeccable. And he stuck with it long enough. I remember when Amazon, first of all, I didn't understand why they called it Amazon. It was a bookseller online. It was a tiny little site. And I thought, oh, this is a really great idea to do this online. And it was just a tiny little startup at that point. He has played his his cards right every step of the way, um, you know, to global dominance at this point. 
And so yeah. I have a lot of respect for him in those in the, in that way, in the way he stuck with it, um, and his timing was excellent. I also don't like him in many others, but you know, I think the same goes for Elon Musk. I think he's uh, he's just crazy enough to pull off stuff that nobody else will. Don't know if I really like him as a person, but you have to admire him in some ways. Yeah, yeah, I, I remember with Bezos uh, back. Years ago, I was in a college class, a finance class, and, you know, the, the talk about cash burn rate was popular with these Internet startups. And so I did an Amazon review, cash burn rate, and they were losing money every quarter. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was all about, yeah. uh, uh, all about getting closer and closer to break even over time and then eventually being – but they, they didn't want to be profitable until they scaled up to such an incredible size. And the question was, how long would the investors keep giving them money? And I remember thinking that it was just a flash, like a lot of the other internet companies that'd be gone uh, before too long. But lo and behold, it's now <laughs> massive. I mean. And, and maybe that's his biggest lesson. He, he, played the, he played the long game. Yeah. He, did, he was not in it for a quick uh, turn around, sell the business, make make a few million, and move on. Um, which there's nothing wrong with that, but that was not Bezos's plan. And so, um, you know, and since it wasn't, now we all order our everything pretty much, even groceries from them from him <laughs> or through him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Every order, he puts a couple little pennies in his pocket, maybe even a little more than that personally, and. Uh, when you have billions of people doing it, obviously he's going to be the first trillionaire. Maybe Musk will be. I don't know who'll get there first, but uh, one of them will be a trillionaire before too long. Well, we have just a, a few minutes left, and I wanted to ask you one more question. So n- now that uh, we're wiser and we we're a little <laughs> we're careful about our timing and so on and so forth, what advice do you have for? for new entrepreneurs, people who are just starting out? Um, you know, kind of what I talked about before was, uh, you know, playing to your strengths, know your weaknesses, partner with the right people, um, fail, be be strong enough to pick up after that. Um, so all of those things are really important. I'd also say don't get hung up on the jargon. You don't have to look like any other entrepreneur. You know, you can go your own way, solve the problems you think you can. But I think of all of the things, if you, if entrepreneurs out there are anything like me, you have a lot of different ideas. Um, and I, you know, I was fortunate to be pretty good at a lot of different things, maybe not master of none, who knows. But um, just I've learned just because I can do something doesn't mean I should do something. And then I'm learning to pick the ideas and the projects that, you know, give me joy and fulfill me uh, more than um, things that make me want to get out of bed in the morning. I think that is just because I can do it doesn't mean I should do it. And uh, being more careful of the things that I spend time and energy and and money on is is good. Uh, I think life is too short to spend time uh, doing anything else. Very good advice. Hey, Chris, it's been great having you on. Yeah, it's been fun. (laughs) Look forward to uh, maybe doing one of these for the 15th anniversary of the 100th human. 
when we re-release it. That'll be fun, too. That sounds good. Coming soon. All right. This has been the Sunbury Press Book Show on the BookSpeak Network. Be sure to check out our books at www.sunburypress.com or search for our titles on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other booksellers worldwide. If you enjoyed this podcast, there are hundreds more available on the BookSpeak Network. You can find our channel on blogtalkradio.com. Thank you for listening.